2020. It's like, it's the future. It's, yeah, we're actually recording this. Um, in the past. In the past. Yeah, it's a whole time travel experience. The whole thing. So Enjoy the intro, Brit. Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to say. Okay, sorry. You know, a special <laughs> 2020 welcome back. I'm you know? sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> intro, coming at ya. I can't believe I'm the one, like, right? <laughs> trying to trying be to keep professional. Yeah, keep us on track. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Happy Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of two real people. We're your hosts, Brittany Baring and Penny Blackmore. Yay! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Oh, how wonderful. I love New Year's. Yeah, do you really? Yeah. Like the actual New Year's? Well, okay, so... Like New Year's Eve? I like going to parties. And I yeah. like fireworks. Okay. I don't like the pressure of trying to find the right party. This is the problem that I always have. And Berlin is fucking madness. It is terrifying. Yeah. There are children setting off fireworks in train stations. It's actually insane. <laughs> it's very scary. They yeah. throw them under carts and everything. Jesus. I know a guy that lost his eye as a child. It's crazy. Like, with a firework. Yeah. But it's not But like... I like that Germany's not backing down. They're like, you know what? This is Darwinian. If you get injured, that's somehow You're your fault. You're an idiot. Yeah. It's not our fault. Don't take our fireworks away from us. Yeah, I guess I get that. But Berlin is like, I agree. It's a really scary place to be around New Year's. Also, I feel really sorry for the dogs. Oh, I, they you, lose their minds. They lose their minds. And also birds. So like if some of the birds <gasps> miss the memo that they're meant to go south for winter, Which you see them, them have, scrambling around. They're like, oh, shit. I'm like, go down. Go down, bird. Right? Yeah. It's a full disaster. But anyway. So um, one thing, though, before we get into our hot topic of the day, which we're both very excited about, um, you should explain, because maybe some people who are listening haven't actually heard this episode where we talked about it last year. What? Um, your one word <laughs> New Year's resolution. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so years ago, a friend of mine told me that she doesn't do resolutions because they're too negative. It's like talking about New Year's resolutions. Typically, they're like, here are all the things I hate about myself and here's how I'm going to change them, yeah. which in essence is like uh, great, sure, yeah. but it's also mis- it's a miserable way to start the year. Like, oh, I'm going to totally. quit smoking. I'm going to exercise more. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she does a one-word thing, which she basically just chooses a word for the year that feels right to her, and that's kind of like her intention for the whole year. It's her guiding star. I love that. So you can think, she can think think about this word when she's, like, making a d- big life decision, mm-hmm. when she's thinking about what her priorities are for the year. Yes. She can be like, right, what was that, like, my intention for the year? Yeah. That was one word. Yeah. I think it's great. It I is love it. great. My word for 2019 was joy. It sort of didn't exactly work out, but that's okay. I be can try again. For it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if you, what it's like to just do the same word year in, year out. Just you're every like, time. I will get this. <laughs> At one point, yeah. I exactly. will feel joy. One time or another, you're going to get to joy. Um, yeah, well, maybe next week on the pod, we can actually share our one words that we've come up with because I need some time to think about mine. Okay, cool. Because of course, this is coming at you from the past. Yeah. So we're (laughs) we're actually recording this before Christmas because, you know, we have lives. We're not just here to serve you guys. (laughs) Except that we are. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. But also, it's just Christmas hecticness. 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 What's going on with you, Penn? What have you been thinking about? Well, this is sexy. Um... (laughs) 
But I've been thinking about procurement department. Oh, yeah. (laughs) By the way, yes, I'm totally with you on this. Please be on board with me. Okay, so Brittany and I were talking about this the other day. There are companies, like big companies, that know their procurement departments are so slow that they hire external companies so that you can just invoice the other company and they'll pay on behalf of the big company. Yeah. Happens all the time. It's crazy. Like I basically never invoiced a big company directly. It's always been through their sneaky loop-de-loop. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, why are we still doing things like this? Surely, like, if it's 2020. Yeah. You know? It is 2020, (laughs) Brit. And it just feels like if there's some innovation that could happen on a really easy level, I'm not saying like tidying up the whole procurement process would be easy per se, but I'm just saying like companies are so uh, sort of like obsessed with being innovative and they're like, let's make an app. Let's use virtual. It's like, no, you know, you could save heaps of time and money by just figuring out what the fuck is happening with your recruitment process. Sorry, procurement procurement process. Yeah, absolutely. I find it actually just hilarious Mm. all the hoops you have to jump through to get paid yeah and they have more resources than any other company but all these small companies and businesses you get paid straight away it's like all easy peasy you know like what's going on and this is a yeah I mean like for me it's a real inhibitor it's just sort of and also I mean like different departments have different sway so like sometimes I'll work with a client that's like by the way, if you are having any trouble getting paid, just tell me. And then you're like, well, actually, yes, I am. And they like, they make one phone call and then the money's in your account. And you're like, wow. You know, like. You have to find the person. Chop, chop. Yeah. 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 I'm having trouble with that right now, as I told you, with a, um, a procurement. Oh, uh, hilarious. Getting yeah. paid. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how it all unfolds. It's, it's good because it means you don't spend all your money because you literally don't have it. It's, it's basically a savings. Uh, Process yeah, how can account. we be so mad at these people that are They're saving just us from to do ourselves? The right thing. Exactly, <laughs> especially around this time of year where everything mm. you know, there's a lot of money being spent. So that's good. Yeah. How, how many times out of ten do you go shopping for a Christmas present for someone else and come home with nothing for them, but several things and a couple of like yourself. nice cinnamon scented candles for yourself? Oh, it happens a lot, Penny. I More know. than I care to admit. Have I to know. say, it's yeah, embarrassing. Do you get really stressed about like gift giving and? Cr- present buying? Well, this year I decided to start thinking about it. This is probably inappropriate for this time, but I'll just quickly tell you my tip. Um, I started thinking about it in November. I wrote a list of the people I was going to get presents for. I wanted to keep it reasonable because I do have a bad habit of being like, whoops, I just spent 250 euros per person. You are also like, you love giving a gift. It's like something that you love to do. Especially if I know I've got the exact right thing. Yeah. I'm like, open it, open it, open it, open it, open it. (laughs) Like one time on the way to Christmas, I made my family pull over so that we could open their gifts. That's hilarious. (laughs) I was like, I just know I nailed it with each and every one of you. But anyway, um, so this year, uh, oh, actually, I can't tell you. I'll tell you in the next episode. Okay. But I worked out like a mass present, like a present where everyone essentially gets the same thing, but different variations. Oh, yeah. interesting. Personal, but scalable. Uh, I mean, isn't that the dream? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Everyone, next episode, Penny's going to unveil what this is. And you can all write it down and copy it for next year. By that stage, it's like March and everyone's like, Christmas is over. <laughs> exactly. Get but over you it. have to start thinking about it mm. six months in advance. Yeah. Exactly. 
Okay, Penny, let's jump into our topic today because I'm so excited about it. It's a juicy mango. It's like, so we, we, we actually contemplated on, you know, what should be our first topic when we get back. Mm. And we thought like, you know, okay, well, goal setting makes sense, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we were like, hold up. Hold up. Hold the phone. Let's talk about how to, instead of goals, which of course everybody's talking about goals, and you can find goal-related goal content, content somewhere else. It's going to be like hitting you over the face. It's and you're going to be like, I don't want to set any more goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we thought we would talk more about really specifically how to influence at work. Isn't that, I mean, yeah, I can't wait oh, for this one. Yeah. How to influence. I read... A crap ton of articles about this. Thanks, Britt, because so, I didn't. <laughs> I feel like Penny's already mastered the influence, so we'll see. Oh, that's well, a nice thing to say. I feel well, like I'm really bad at it, but whatever. Okay, first of all, Penny, before we get into this, what do we mean by influence? Well, we, we chatted about this earlier, and mm-hmm. my feeling is it's being able to move things in a certain direction. That's so great. you can also like negatively influence things yeah. or people or a team or a project. Yeah. But we're talking about the good kind. The things <laughs> you that you like, want to yeah. be moved forward or yeah. backwards or to the side. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, I think also it's like just a matter of um, positioning yourself in the company or in your career where people um, like I think respect you and respe- respect you and your opinion and they listen to what you have to say. Exactly. Which would yeah. course. And that's always so nice. It's it so nice. nice to be heard as it, a little person. It really is. And I think yeah. this is something that a lot of people struggle with just because it's a difficult thing to do, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think also the, the, the kind of example that we see of influential people is kind of these domineering characters who are really loud and yes, not that I can talk, I'm really loud and annoying, but they're kind of aggressive and they're slamming their hands on the table and they're like, listen, Richard, this is what we've got to do today. But you don't want to be that if, exactly. if you're a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> so from an article that I read all about influencing at work, there's this man named Nick Morgan and he is an author uh, of a book called Power Cues. Um, which sounds interesting. But what I really like what he said about this, about this topic. He said, it's never been harder to influence others because they've never been more distracted. Mm. Information overload and the pace of our digital lives have led to short attention spans. And yet, it's more important than ever to be able to command influence because of the increased pressure on getting results. Exactly. Baby. And you know what influence is? It's being empowered. Boom. You know, like yeah. you've got to be able to do things. I mean, like, yeah. I, I think we've we've built a case. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fucking influence people. Let's just figure out how to do it now <laughs> since everybody's on board. Mm. Okay. First things first. I really think one of through all of the, you know, research and just experience that I've sort of had, I really truly believe that building relationships yes is one of the most and genuine relationships. Genuine real bullshit. relationships. Yeah, like with your colleagues, with your clients, with your managers, all of those things. Be real and actually put the time in. I think that's the one thing that people often are like, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's like, no, you do. And you you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So put the time in. Go for those lunches. Make sure that you're like setting calendar reminders for yourself. Like, oh, hey, I haven't, you know, touched base or I haven't had like a nice, you know, uh, lunch with this one colleague of mine in a while. Like, Mm. up, up, you know send the old slack message yeah. and get out to lunch like it's so important yeah and even if it's just like if you're one of those I know that um there's a company in Germany that we've worked with in the past that uh, apparently everyone there is basically like meetings 
eight hours a day. Yeah. Like you cannot get a 15 minute slot. So even if it's just like when you're walking into a meeting and you see Jeremy and you're like, Jeremy, like I saw this thing that you did. It was really great. Like, let's catch up about that. How can I help you? And it's about kind of like offering your assistance to people and absolutely engaging in their journey as well. Yeah, Mm. totally. Mm. Um, And that brings us to our next point. Yes. (laughs) So um, listening. And I know this sounds really... It sounds uh, obvious. It sounds obvious. But if you ever watch those documentaries about cult leaders, like the Bikram guy, the um, Theranos woman, like uh, actually maybe not her, but whatever, Um, all the people say all the victims, they're like, it was just like they were really listening to me. And so that's true. like, you'd be surprised how powerful powerful it is to just actually, you know, sit down Listen. and be like, why don't you tell me about something and actually be actively an engaged listener? Yeah. Asking questions, probing a little bit for more information. I mean, what's really interesting about this, because the, the whole idea of listening comes into play to be like a really good leader and to obviously influence. Um, but the other thing is, it's like in sales, which is when you're very heavily wanting to influence mm. people, right? If you're mm. wanting to make a sale, that's like the one thing I learned so quickly is like, oh, it's not about me talking at all. Yeah, It's about me asking the right questions and getting them to talk as much as exactly. possible. Yeah. yeah. So listen, listen up y'all. Yeah. I'm telling you. And also, I guess, like, take the listening broader. It's not just about listening to an individual, but it's listening to the pulse of the organization, the culture, listen to what's sort of, like, being discussed on an organizational level. So if it's, like, there's a lot of fear happening or if there's a lot of, uh, you know, positivity happening, like, know how to leverage those moods. Absolutely. Mm. Um, The next one, I think, is also, well, all of these are equally as important. Yeah. <laughs> but this one is um, consistency mm. and actually being consistent in kind of all like a very like rounded consistency. So as in consistent with your quality of work, you're handing things in on time, you're coming in, you know, to the office regularly and on like a, a normal schedule, you show up to the meetings that you're scheduled for, like yeah. all of these things. Yeah. Because if people don't know what to expect from you, they can't trust you. And also if you're not there, if you're not present, and I know this is controversial because a lot of people kind of want to work from home and so on, but as long as that is clearly communicated, like I, and and this is actually a huge point of contention at my last job. um, I was like, I need to know where my colleagues are. Yeah. I, I, it's not that I'm their boss. It's that I might want to ask them a question. And what's the point of me writing a Slack message and not realizing that they're, you know, they're at a doctor's appointment or they're working from home or they won't be able to do this with me, like jump on a call with me or something like that. There's no way that person can influence me because they're physically not present. So true. Yeah. Um, So uh, like, even if you are like working remotely or flexibly, like that has to be consistent as well. There has to be some idea of like, where is this person and how do I get in touch with them and what are the expectations there? So I think uh, especially moving into a phase of work where people are working more flexibly and doing different types of hours, take it on yourself. Like we're we're all sort of finding our way. Take it on yourself to make sure everybody knows exactly 
who and where you are. Yeah. Who and where you are. Just where Just you where. are is fine. Hopefully and how to get in touch with you. you. Well, exactly. I think that's an excellent point because, mm. of course, yes, we're, we all want to work flexibly, work from home, but, like, tell the people where that you matter. are. And, like, the, yeah, the people who yeah. are going to be looking for you, you, they better know where you are. Yeah. Um, it's, like, very, very important, obviously. Exactly. Okay, next one. Um, <laughs> this is a bit of a do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> But um, avoid aggression <laughs> or using arguments to get your way. So yeah. it's not about like forcing an issue. Yeah. It's not, I, I actually hopefully don't do this, but. Um, you definitely don't. You know, I like. Think, I mean, think it was funny because you're a very <laughs> passionate person. Um, I, I, I can be scary. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like there's a big difference between being assertive, which is like having or showing a confident and forceful personality and the the difference between being aggressive, yeah, which is ready or likely to attack or confront, yeah, there's like a it's that there. sort of uncertainty where you're like, if you're dealing with an aggressive person, you're kind of like, well, can I say this or are you gonna snap my neck? Yeah, are you gonna <laughs> freak out? Yeah, and exactly. Will it be scary? I also think a good point in this one is like instead of arguing, like you said, to get your way or to you know show your opinion strongly, um, like. This is a classic, right? Like mm. actions speak louder than words. So showing people what it is that you want to do will mm. be much more effective yeah. than just arguing your point over 100%. and over again. Yeah. So if there's a way that you can, if there's some new thing that you want to introduce, if there's a way that you can kind of give people a taste of it or run it for a test period of mm. time, and obviously you'll need to get those kind of, um, you know, sign-offs or whatever to do something like yeah. that potentially, but that is going to convince people and that's going to show people that you, uh, you know, should have more influence in what's going on. And you stand on. behind your idea. Yes. Another one is um, a friend of mine recently was telling me that his manager um, didn't trust him in an idea and that he'd asked uh, this person to get some case studies to prove. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's interesting because for me that doesn't say to me, that doesn't say to me that the manager doesn't trust you. Yeah. But it says to me that the manager doesn't know enough about it and needs a bit more evidence. For sure. That's actually, that he does trust you. I so think that's great. actually a great, uh, mm. yeah, great response for a manager to yeah. have. Yeah. So you if know? you can like gather a bit of evidence basically, and it's not a crime scene, but yeah. like <laughs> jump online, see if there are case studies, do a bit of research and back up your arguments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Flexibility. So this Love is kind this of interesting. One. Yeah, because it's not – when I was reading about this, I was like, hmm, hmm, that seems interesting because, you know, I would imagine that someone who's influential would never, like, back down on yeah. their – you know, they would, like, go the, you know, to the whatever. I, I don't know. They, but they have a really clear idea of what yeah. they want, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. So they wouldn't back down. They wouldn't really be flexible because they know what they want. They're they're an influencer, mm. you know? Um but as they say, this little quote here. <laughs> Brittany's got the quote highlighted. I'm loving a quote. <laughs> if you don't bend, you break more easily. That's right. Isn't that adorable? Okay, yeah. that's like really pointless. But the point, <laughs> the point of being flexible is that if you, if people think that you are someone who isn't open to other people's opinions or that you never change your mind, um, people just aren't going to. Um, 
come to you for your opinion. They're not yeah. going to actually talk to you. They're not really going to give you their honest feedback. They're not going to be in a conversation with someone like yeah. that because there's no point, right? Yeah. And actually, honestly, like that transfers to all of life. Yes. You know, um, I think at the moment, everyone's kind of, because we're recording this in December, everyone's going home for Christmas and there's all these articles online like how to go home and deal with your racist uncle. Yeah. Um, and I think... Yeah, to kind of like giving people the benefit of the doubt a little bit yeah. can be very beneficial just to get the conversation going instead of stopping it. Exactly. You want people to talk more, not less. Yeah. You want them to be Ask able to qu- approach you about anything. There's no use in everyone in the organization thinking, oh, well, Brittany, she's always going to err on the side of, um, you know, like her manager. Yeah. She's never she, going to yeah. like fight for a different... Yeah, so you totally. kind of want to be open. Yeah, exactly. Be open. If people, like, I think that that's the thing is, like, people will listen to you more if they know that you are flexible and mm. that you will, for, for good reason, you might change your mind about something yeah. if you've, you know, been presented with the right of information. Course. Yeah. I think that's super valuable. Yeah. All right, next up. I'm going to skip that one. All right. I don't like it anymore. Love it. <laughs> um. Okay, so... One of the things that I've been reading in Nine Lies About Work was this idea that um, you should reinforce attributes and wins mm-hmm. instead of focusing too much and always drawing attention to failures. So it can be really tempting to be like, oh, well, here are the things that went wrong. Let's think about those. Let's talk about those. But instead, um, people actually work really well and they flourish when they're encouraged. And there's a lot of information about this in the book which I really hope you read. I'm going to link it. Yeah. I I really couldn't stand behind it more, but basically a whole lot of research has been done around trying to figure out how people do their best work and they're the most productive. And that's when there's an emphasis on, hey, Brittany, you did this really well. Let's keep thinking about, like, let's keep that as your North Star instead of always bringing you back to, like, when things didn't work out. Yeah, I think that's such an important point about... Um, giving people positive reinforcement is yeah. a really great way to have influence. Yeah. Um, the more that people also like just genuinely, I mean, maybe this is um, not quite right, but the more that people like being around you, they feel confident around you, they feel like they're doing a good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then the more you're that you're going to... positive energy. Exactly. You're like, here are positive vibes. Come over here for the for the happy times instead of like over to Jeffrey, who's like always nagging you about something damn it jeffrey yeah god <laughs> classic damn it, jeffrey that classic jeffrey um okay can i just say really quickly because i i went to university with this guy named um this is just too, it's too good not to share please um, do yeah so his name so he was a real first of all before i tell you his name he was a real kind of um very uh pedophile <laughs> no <laughs> Sorry. He was like super like like you know when emo was a thing? Oh yes. You know where it was the like full uh, black hair comb. Yeah, over. like super emotional and everything's so hard. And he was always like this and we were always like in projects together. And anyway, he was a nightmare. But his name was Jeff and his last name was Ray. Jeffrey! <laughs> 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 I really hope he's not listening. He definitely isn't. Oh, um, but how I thought you were going to say that? his first name was Misery and his last name was Guts. 
Why would you think I would say that? Because you were talking about how emo he was. Oh, okay. Misery guts. Misery. That's so Nobody's random. Nobody's called Misery Guts. <laughs> you little weirdo. No, yeah, Sorry. he was... Um, is Jeffrey! It, and every and when he told us that, like, a, a couple of us were like, what? Are you, like, seriously? Like, your par- your parents named you Jeff with the last name Ray? And he was like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Like, it was like This is why thing. he was Hilarious. so emo, because people were teasing about him. Or teasing but him we about were him not... Te- Kate, hold on. You were just bringing it to his attention with a raised left eyebrow? I mean, he was also a bit of a dick. So, you know, I feel like you can be... You can tease people who are assholes. That's <laughs> the law. I'm That's pretty sure. That's the law of physics. That's it. Um, wow. Okay. I hope that... I really hope that doesn't never gets back to him. Anyway. <laughs> Hi, Jeffrey. Uh, I'm sure he's grown up and he's a delight right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that Maybe was a long time ago. He's gotten married to a woman and taken on her last name. Ooh, so he's now Jeff cool. Goldblum. That'd be very modern and cool. Jeff, so can well I tell done. you guys something um, on the Jeff subject? Yeah. Jeffrey Goldblum is married to a girl that I used to train with when I was a gymnast. Her name is Emily Livingston. Is it She's Gold from Canada. Or Goldblum? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the guy from Jurassic Park. Oh. Like the old, the older guy. Older guy. Yeah. Her okay. Name is Emily Livingston. She's from Canada. She's a very nice gymnast. Well, of course she was nice. She's from Canada. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. No, okay. Enough Jeff stories. Enough of about Jeff. Last... Jeff segue. That's what it's going to be a new segment in the show. Yeah. The Jeff segue. We just talk about random shit whenever Jeffrey gets brought up. <laughs> um. Okay. The last one, but not, not least. Least. Mo- one. Almost. Most. <laughs> <laughs> but but I actually think this is really great. So we put on our list of things to think about um, posture and demeanor. And actually it should be maybe demeanor and posture. Whatever. But whatever. Yeah. Just two words. Um, but I think this is so important mm. when like it's an immediate indicator of whether or not you are a confident person, you know what you're talking about, you're, you know, you walk into a room. If you are not like standing up tall mm. and and kind of... Um, like when you walk into a room, are you like looking at people and introducing yourself? Yeah. Or are you the kind of person that kind of like scurries in and doesn't really, you know, that kind of thing? Like these things make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, in your ability to influence, it's like obviously. physical pre- presence. Yes. Yeah. And if you need a little help, because sometimes we're not feeling all that confident, mm. we're about to go in a room and we're like, "Fuck!" It's filled with like all these executives and blah blah mm. blah, whatever. Um, one thing that I like to do, and actually, this is a thing that. Oh, is, I think I saw this on your Instagram. Well, I'll, I, this isn't actually this it that I was going to say. I liked it, it. It's that, well, I do do that. So I go in front of the mirror and I literally look at myself and I'm like, you can do this. But also, that. yeah, I mean, like, there's this thing, power poses. Is that what you were going to say? That's what I was going to bring up. Is yeah, the power okay, poses. sorry. I won't no, no, you, you, tell, you tell me about it. So, power poses are really dorky. Yeah. So you're going to have to do them in private. Yeah. But Bathroom basically, stall. bathroom, definitely, mm-hmm. and shut that door. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to look like a lunatic. <laughs> but um, basically, there's a physiological response that your brain has when you do certain poses. So one of them is like chest puffed out, feet firm on the ground, hands on hips. The other is like doing a really big, goofy smile. Mm-hmm. The other is like, I don't know, you there's can look a, There's them one up where I'm pretty sure it's like over hands head. over the head and like yeah. throwing them up in the air. Yeah. Um, Which is several so dorky, times. But like... If you're re- like, I remember when I was unemployed for quite a while, I was unemployed for like three months or something years and years ago. And I was really struggling with like confidence going into interviews. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, nobody wants to hire me. I'm useless. Um, and I started like having to adopt these power poses, just being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it helps, right? It's- 
freaking helps. It's actually kind of scientifically helps. Yeah. As well. And it also makes you laugh. You're like, oh, come on. It's only life. Yeah, there's some kind of like study um, when I first heard about power poses, which is probably on some TED talk or something. I'm going to try to find that Um, where it was like literally people who did these power pose things went into a presentation or a meeting and like, like significantly um, outperformed. outperformed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of cool Mm. how easy that is. You know, it's like all you got to do is throw your hands up in a bathroom stall, hopefully by yourself. And if not, well, just (laughs) someone just sees these like little wrists like (laughs) jumping above the. Yeah, ah, and I I like the idea of also making a little bit of noise, you know, yeah. like a bit of like a whoa, yeah, yeah, I'm Brittany, yeah, you know. That Sometimes kind of thing. I like I'm walking along the street and I'm like I can do this. I'm gonna pretend I'm on the phone, but instead I'm just giving myself a little pep talk. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh my god, that's really good. Yeah, and I'm just like you've done it before. You can do it again. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just fine. <laughs> And people you're are like, well, fine. you're talking to yourself, so there is something wrong with you. Penny, that's incredible. I, I love can't, that. Can I tell you what else I used to do yes. back in the day? I used to go through the McDonald's drive through and I would pretend I was on the phone while I was ordering. Amazing. So that I could order more food, but it was all for me. You did not. Yes. And so I'd be like, okay, could I please have a quarter pounder meal, please? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Anything else? And I'd be like... Hey, did you want it like a fries or chicken? Oh, yeah. We'll have 12 McNuggets. (laughs) Sorry, 10 McNuggets. Everyone knows it's 10. And like another cheeseburger and apple pie. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Okay, bye. And they'd be like, that sure is a lot of food. And And I'm like, I have a lot of friends. They see that your phone is just like not even lit up. (laughs) There's no one there. wraps up our first episode of 2020. One thing I would actually like to say before we sign off is like the whole influencing people or teams or whatever, just being an influence at work is something that comes with time and, you know, like diligent kind of behavior and experience. Mm -hmm. So you can't expect that you're going to be this big influence if it's your first job or even the first like year or two or three of your career. Mm. But you can sort of make those steps and start kind of behaving in a way where once you're ready for it, you know, you'll be there. A hundred percent. And also... The great thing is that you don't need to influence people every single day. Correct. It's probably yeah. going to be like two or three times a year where you're like, I really need my voice to be heard right now. And in the meantime, you're just taking these like little baby steps. Yeah. You're building the relationships. You're adopting the power poses. Mm-hmm. You're reinforcing good attributes. Exactly. And like by the time you do all those things and someone's like trying to ruin something, you're like, I'll just Hold step in here. And then you're all of a sudden an influence. Or you're I, an influencer. You're an influencer. Oh, I hate calling it that. But all of a sudden you're influencing. I'd just like to thank Brittany for doing all of the research for this show. I, <laughs> I did absolutely nothing. I mean, we we share research uh, um, responsibilities. That's true, I guess. I think for but sure. But you have a, a lot out. of nice links there. I've got some links. I'm going to put them all down in the show notes so you guys can read all the articles that we got all this information from. This year, I'm grateful for Brittany. Oh, come on. <laughs> you little 12. rascal. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Okay, bye. Bye.